forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell in the Pod. pod. It's a podcast about the Scary Stories books from the 80s, 90s, and today, written by Adam (laughs) Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. And it's also about, like, scary stories you heard from the, like, meanest girl in your ballet class, um, something your cousin's friend once told you and then had was made to apologize for scaring you about, um, scary pantyhose commercials... An um, aunt who drank too much weekend water. <laughs> I've never heard weekend water before. I fe- someone said that recently that someone's like, no, don't do that. That's my weekend water. Oh, my God. That rocks. It's yeah. for people who at some point have said the phrase weekend water, even if you don't like those. <laughs> it's for people who are gigglers and shiverers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're scared of ghosts, but you love ghosts, you found the right place. Um, we're not a serious, scary podcast. We're a stupid, scary podcast. So yeah. Try to keep that in mind. Laughing about spooky things. Laughing about spooky things that aren't important. <laughs> um, so, and today is a Wednesday. It sure is. We're just getting into it. We're feeling very businessy. We're all we're all used to the Zoom lifestyle. <laughs> we're used to it. We're getting into it. We're not doing a lot of chit chat. There's not. We're time. here. We're here. We have fear. Get right into it. <laughs> Um, what a twist today, to not end on a rhyme. I really respect that. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Hmm. I'll think about that for a while. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Do we want to say a quick tidbit um, about what we've been doing in our core? And then we'll never talk about core for the rest of the thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris did his haircut. It, lo- it looks great because, of course, <laughs> it does. Um, yeah. And then... Tonight, I'm making a real quarantine dinner, which I described to Chris, and then he noticed that it is really essentially cowboy dinner, which, Anna, you mentioned a couple episodes ago. Um, although this one has peppers in it, so, so and no cheese. It's a cowgirl dinner. Cowgirl dinner. This Hot is, girl summer, cowgirl dinner. This is the California omelet of cowboy dinners. Like, it has peppers in it, so it's technically a salad. <laughs> That's my tidbit. How about you, Anna? Um, me, I've been embroidering more. I started <gasps> embroidering. I purchased an embroidery pattern on Etsy in 2017. And wow. I started. I'll show you, Andrew, and then you can sort of genuinely react for everyone. Oh, ferns. Yeah, it's, it's, like um, a, little, it's a little indoor potted yeah, situation. On top of what could be either like a Victorian rug or like a Southwest style tile. Yeah, it's one of those for sure. Um, that's beautiful. And then I also, I started, I, uh, embroidered an emoji of a shower, uh, for Jason because that was the first thing I sent him on hinge. Oh, cause my friend told oh me that God. I had to talk less and be more slutty. <laughs> so the- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Anna, my friend, Amanda Savage gave me a, a, a dating website, pep talk and refurbish. And she looked at my messages and said, you should never, ever be saying complete sentences ever. Oh, God. Men hate that. <laughs> oh, no. And you need to be sluttier. She didn't say be sluttier. She was just like, guys like girls, be a girl a little bit. <laughs> and then I interpreted that to mean sending, I guess, a gushing shower head. And oh, then Jason my God. said, ha ha hi. 
what is that? What is, or like, I don't know what that means. And then we are dating. So, and now he's my, my dog's father. (laughs) (laughs) I love if ever you need like um, a mid-career shakeup, Anna, just embroidering emojis is a great one. I'd love that. I, if I were a villain, that would be what I was doing right now. Um, Well, great. So see, we're fine. Signs of life. Everyone's good. Yeah. Um, we're all good. Yeah. So today's a Huynes Day, which means it's and an it's Urban Legisode Day. It's my turn. I'm very excited. I love um, second to third hand ghost stories the most. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I love even more than that is people telling things that actually happened to them. And today we have mm-hmm. that um, from a listener. You can email us your scary stories uh, the email is scarystorypod at gmail.com and the password is no. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Um, we can't. You guys would look. Um, <laughs> but so send us your scary stories. Um, I'd say that's probably the better way to reach us because Instagram is hard for us to navigate. We're two indoor cats. And I'm devastated to say I've only just now realized that Instagram deletes unread messages that you haven't what? opened in a month. So there might be some, I I feel quite certain that there are some unread messages that have been deleted because we just haven't gotten to them. We're very sorry. Um, But Anna and I were just talking. We're going to get a lot better about this engagement with you wonderful listeners. You're being produced. If you can hear the sound (laughs) of my voice, you're being manipulated. Um, No, we just have so many great community um, messages. What am I talking about? Uh, yeah, no, the, the the responses from you all have been so funny and so great, even if they're just kind words or recommendations of other really funny um, horror podcasts or just good horror podcasts. Horror podcasts. Horror podcasts. Podcast horror. And, um, and yeah, y'all are really good at telling scary stories, too, that happened yeah. to you or didn't happen to you. Yes, yes, obsessed. Okay, great. So this one is from... Alexandra Kopko. Hi, Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. Um, understand that I have a craven need to pronounce people's names right. And if I haven't, <laughs> please let me know. But I'm not going to apologize because I've made every um, inference possible to say it properly. So if I say your name wrong, that's not my fault. But you should tell me so that I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're more correct. I'm than fun you to once date. Were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been wrong. I've only been more correct. Okay, great. This is from Alexandra. Hi, guys. I hope this email finds you safe and healthy and not too stir crazy. Um, I love the podcast. It's exactly the amount of spooky that I can handle. And you're such great hosts. That's nice. Oh, thank you. Your friendship is very lovely to listen to. Thanks. It's good to know that all of the uh, zip zap zap we played in um, (laughs) pants from grocery stores has paid off. A lot of grocery store jeans in our past. Okay. Oh, a lot. I have a scary story to share. This is the story of my run-in with the Giles Corey curse. (gasps) My boyfriend Paul and I are both from Massachusetts, but neither of us had spent any time in Salem, so we decided to go for a quick weekend trip. I really wanted to go because The Crucible is my favorite play, and I wanted to explore the history. Mm-hmm. I love The Crucible. Andrew, do you? Are you I do also love The Crucible. I think it's Were a near perfect it? play. I have, I have played Giles Corey, believe Ooh. it or not, baby. Yeah, um, it's a great play. It's a perfect play. Uh, and I, I, I think I mentioned before I read this book that Chris got me called uh, A Storm of Witches or A Storm of Witchcraft. 
uh, about the Salem Witch Trials. And it's super interesting to know, like, what's true and what's fake and what's, like, directly the same text from the court proceedings in the Crucible. It's great. I didn't realize that any of the Crucible was real. I... (gasps) I, I I guess I went to school but was, you know, more thinking about Frodo's and... Other sorts of Bagginses to really absorb anything. Um, a vast learning... assortment of Bagginses. <laughs> the way that I'm learning that Giles Corey is a real person is from this email right now. <laughs> <laughs> or seven minutes ago. Give me credit. I prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Paul, her boyfriend Paul, tried to convince me to stay in a quote unquote haunted hotel, which I very aggressively vetoed. He does not believe in ghosts. I'm one of those people who does not believe in ghosts until I hear a weird noise in my house. Then I absolutely do believe in them. And I'm very sorry for whatever I did to upset them. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. That's us. It me, you know. We ended up staying in an old B&B in the main part of town right next door to the Witch Museum. Oh, yeah. We got there at night and not wanting to waste any time, we decided to do the one thing we could do after dark. A ghost tour. Famously, Uh, I'm massive ghost tour fan. We love them. We love a ghost tour. I didn't want to speak for you, Andrew, but uh, Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And and yeah, I I am also I'm also a fan. It's really good. He was a uh, the tour guide was a professional ghost hunter. He really was. I looked it up, and he took what he was doing very seriously. This made for a very good dramatic hour, but also made walking around Old Salem legitimately terrifying. Eventually, we got to a big empty parking lot. Which is always like the disappointing and most scary part of a, a ghost tour, I have to say. <laughs> you know, when they're like, something cool used to be here. Yeah. This Kroger was the site of a pirate <laughs> massacre. Oh, my God. <laughs> merch. And everyone merch, has to merch. buy something from the Kroger. <laughs> oh, my God. One item minimum. <laughs> that is a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. These days, Salem is very self-aware and penitent for its gruesome history with acknowledgments to witches all over the place. But that is a fairly new development. For most of Salem's modern history, they were deeply ashamed of the tragedy and just built over everything, making the really important locations nondescript. This parking lot, we were told, was a field where Giles Quarry was pressed, and the <sighs> massive insurance building flanking it was where the dungeon had been. The energy was really palpable. The guide told us that he had once worked in that building and how many spooky incidents had happened in there. The dungeon was especially gruesome because most of the cells were only a couple square feet wide. In some, people couldn't even sit down, so they would have to sleep leaning against the bars. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It flooded often, which led (gasps) to many deaths and uncountable horrible illnesses. Oh, oh God! No, don't do this. Get I have together, notes. Puritans. I have notes for your the Puritan dungeons. Build was, bigger cells. I've said it before. <laughs> You're usually yelling that at like microscopes, but <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm hungry. Leave me alone. <laughs> Andrew and I we're recording exactly at dinner time, so we're, that is we're true. Fast oh wow. Well. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the play he accidentally bumbles his way into suggesting his own wife might be a witch which led to him being accused he was the only person in the story and in real life to not be hanged instead he was pressed they put him on a board in a hole in the ground put another board on top of him and began loading it up with heavy stones until he was literally pressed to death (sighs) famously his last words were more weight 
And then Alexandra lets us know that there are more gruesome descriptions elsewhere that people can look up if they want to. <laughs> that is true. Oh, Andrew, you know them? I do. In fact, so the crazy thing about that is he wouldn't he wouldn't plead guilty or non-guilty, which is why he wasn't hung. Um, oh. And they needed him to plead one way or the other. But he knew, and I think this is correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody in the world. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> he knew he knew that if he was found guilty that all of his uh property would be forfeited and his kids wouldn't get any property and oh. if he confessed either if he confessed or didn't confess if, whether he pled guilty or innocent his property was going to be forfeited but if he never confessed or if he never pled one way or the other they couldn't take his property away i think i think that's it so oh. They actually weren't trying to kill him. They were trying to get him to plead one way or the other, and he just died before that even happened. He was just crushed to death. That my reaction to that story of incredible human bravery and like selflessness is God, he's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> like I never think about that stuff. I'm always like asking people if they're paying me too much. Uh, <laughs> he was like, kind of a scary guy though. I, I'll yeah? sorry, I'll let I'll let the email continue. No, no, no. I want to hear or like he was scary. Well, I, I, this might have been covered, but he – so he had previously been brought to court. Um, he was accused of beating one of his indentured servants to death. Oh. Wait, that um, changes which, things. Yeah. He kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> he kind of sucked. I mean it's like there is the inspirational thing about like he wanted his kids to have property. But also like he he did beat his intent, indentured servant to death. He didn't mean to. His indentured, his indentured servant stole apples from his brother-in-law. And oh, yeah. He, you know. It's a Mark Wahlberg a situation. I get it. <laughs> oh, God. No. He hit him a bunch with his cane and then – 10 days went by and the servant was like, I, something's really wrong with me. And then Giles Corey was like, okay, fine. I'll send you the doctor. And then he died after he got sent to the doctor. And the doctor um, sh- fucked him to death. I'm so sorry. That did, this <laughs> oh episode God. did not need that. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. But then, <laughs> but then the crazy part is, I mean, the whole like background of all this is that Massachusetts at the time was incredibly litigious and people were constantly suing each other because the government at the time and the Ah. charter that the crown had with Massachusetts was like very up in the air. So everyone was always suing each other and it was legal at the time to beat your indentured servant. So he got off with only a fine for having, (laughs) for having killed him. I don't understand how stopping someone's life equals Money? I know. Like a fine to the family or to the No, a, fi- like, a fine to like the to the college, like the crown, essentially. Cool. Uh, you have yeah. to give the king presents. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like someone with a personality <laughs> disorder is like, all right, if you kill someone, then you owe me three presents. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll call it even. <laughs> this family will be legally regarded as dogs. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of that's a little uh, blip into him, but yeah, very oh interesting God. figure. He also accused his wife of being a witch before he then was like, "No, wait." Yeah, I guess in the play they portray him as like a doddering old man who doesn't know yes. anything. Yeah, he's a lot more adorable. Okay, cool. Yeah, and in, in real good. life, in real life, he was a very um, like wily, knowledgeable person about the law. Like he knew how to get around things, wow. and yeah, his neighbors his neighbors didn't like him. No Which kind of seems like that seems like the whole vibe. Yeah. 
Um, that actually, I'm so glad that you knew that because that really does help this story because this guy has a curse. Okay, oh. back to the story. Yeah. I asked the ghost guide about it and he brought us to, about where she wanted to go to where he was pressed to. Um, asked the ghost guide about it and he brought us to a grassy knoll in the parking lot. Again, a parking lot. I'd oh, so many so parking mad. lots. Like, just don't park your Miata on me. <laughs> or like, you can park your Miata on me, but like, you know. I respect I respect the integrity of this ghost tour person who's not just trying to find spooky looking landmarks, but instead is like, yeah, I know this Circle K doesn't look scary, but it was. Yeah, I think, I think my favorite part of the Edinburgh ghost tour was when we were like brought to a little car park behind an apartment building. I'm sorry I said car park. That was fucked up, guys. It was a parking lot. <laughs> no, I loved it. Chic. Fuck. No, I, I'm catching myself and I, every day is an invitation to be better. It's a parking lot. I call <laughs> no, it a parking lot. I, I don't care it. what they call it. No, I'm a, no. Okay. It's a parking lot, a little one and like pointed at the space between two buildings and it like didn't look like much like the buildings in Edinburgh are very tall, which is spooky. But like, um, the scariest part to me on that tour was not like the crypts and vaults and stuff, but was him pointing at the teeny tiny space between the buildings and was like, imagine a fire breaking out here. Like there's enough air where the fires can be fed, but like it's still close enough that everything's going to catch on fire. Wow. Um, just stories about like people throwing their shit out the window. And like, I think what I like about the non visually interesting parts of the ghost tours are that no one else is there except for ghost tour people. Cause it's not something that you can see, and just take a picture of so there aren't like crowds of people. It's just you right. and like the 12 other people who are like, ooh, we know what this is. And then wow. you're picturing it in your mind, which like as we learned in theater school, there's nothing scarier than you imagining something. <laughs> you know, like if you pretend that a chair is a dragon, that's scarier than any, uh, I don't know, Pixar dragon. I don't. <laughs> you know what? Sure. I, I take it. I Dragons are anything. chairs. We all know. We all went to theater school, right? The dragons are chairs. Um, <laughs> I uh, grassing on the parking lot. Then he asked us if we had heard of the curse of Giles Quarry. I had heard a little about it, mainly that all the sheriffs in Essex County since that moment had died from heart attacks or blood ailments, yes. which was meant to be a curse put on them by Giles Quarry. Because I guess the the law enforcement were the people who were pressing him, like yeah, the courts. Yeah, yeah. But it turned out that was only the beginning of it. Um, he told me that Giles Corey had not been the comic dottery character from the crucible in real life. He was an angry, violent man. Oh yeah. Okay. She gets into it. Angry, violent man who was suspected of murdering his first wife. And at one point beating one of his servants to death with his cane in a rage. It turned out the real curse of Giles Corey was that his ghost is an angry, violent one. And anyone that sees it will meet physical harm or death soon after. The guide doubled down by saying his close friend once saw the ghost of Giles Corey on this very tour and died suddenly two weeks later. Oh, my God. Oh, when the ghost tour guide has a friend who's passed away, that's the scary. Yeah, that's rough to hear. No, all this might just be made up to add atmosphere, but I didn't care. I was royally terrified and officially wanted off the ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good turn of phrase. We should be using it more. Eventually, the tour ended and we were back in the center of town. Our next plan was to go find a bar that had old arcade games. It was only a 10-minute walk, so we set off. Um, it's called Bit Bar. Weirdly, maps rerouted a couple times, and we and when we were almost there, I looked up from my phone and saw we had ended up right back in that parking lot, <gasps> right where we had been standing when we were told about the Giles Corey curse. Oh! 
I was not about it and very quickly led Paul along out of the parking lot and toward our destination. Again, like she put it into her maps. Yeah. Again, it kept rerouting us even though we were following the directions. And about five minutes later, we found ourselves right back in the parking lot, right back in the spot where Giles Corey was pressed. This happened another time after that. No. (laughs) Three times we were led by the Maps app right back to the spot, even though it was not at all where we were trying to go. At this point, Paul was getting a little kick out of it while I was genuinely terrified. (laughs) Oh, my God. We stood there for a minute debating what we should do since we just kept being brought back to the spot when suddenly the Maps app on my phone started doing something weird. It had been on night mode, you know, the blue darker version that displays when it's nighttime. And suddenly it was flashing to day mode, then oh. night mode, then oh. day mode, switching about every second. Why is it doing that? I asked Paul, alarmed. He laughed and said, it's probably just a glitch. Dash, dash. Honestly, dot, dot, dot. Infuriating. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dash, dash. <laughs> the punctuation is important in that. That is really good. <laughs> when the flashing became much more aggressive, now basically strobing at this point. Okay, we're out of here now, I yelled, and I grabbed his hand and pulled him away. Yes, basically just Yes, get out of there. We basically just, don't look at the ghost, close your eyes, walk into traffic. (laughs) Don't don't look at the ghost, you could get hurt, run, meet a bus with your flank. (laughs) Basically just beelined across the parking lot and down a street, walking several blocks, all the time trying to ignore the still flashing phone screen. And trying not to look anywhere in case I saw the ghost of an evil old man with a cane. We made it to Bitbar eventually and had a fun rest of our night. Although I couldn't shake the ominous feeling that something hauntish really had happened to us. Hauntish. I love that very much. Oh, boy. Well, I'm a quarter um, British and Scotch-Irish and also one half hauntish. Yeah, we actually used to say that we were like 100% hauntish, but then we did the 23 Me and it was like, whoa, we're Irish. And and it just came back as fog. Andrew, you'd think this was the end of the story. No. <gasps> you'd be wrong. Okay. Later that night, we got back to our B&B. Remember, they're staying at a haunted Airbnb or B&B. Oh, my God. And That's I was right. suddenly seized with the worst nerve pain I'd had in years. Oh, I have a chronic illness that does give me occasional nerve pain, but it hadn't been this bad since I'd first been diagnosed. It was from my shoulders to my elbows, both arms, and it sounds crazy, but it honestly felt like I was being gripped by angry, ghostly hands. No, no, no. Anger hand. Ghost hand. Oh, my God. Anger ghost. Now, of course, it could have just been a side effect of being horribly tense and stressed for the previous couple of hours, but either way, it really shook me so much that I barely slept. Ugh, not being able to sleep when you're scared in like a scary old looking place. Horrible, horrible. No, it's so bad. The next day, the pain had finally subsided, but I was embarrassed to find I didn't even want to go explore Salem. I was too scared of it. Oh, (laughs) oh. Oh, that's such a bummer. You took this trip and you got too scared. That's like when you order spicy food and it's so spicy you can't eat it. (laughs) You just don't like how it looks so spicy. (laughs) I actually really love spicy food. I've taken one bite and it's inedible. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I didn't think it would come sizzling. Could you make it colder? I guess. um, Do you have like a jug of milk (laughs) for the witches? Oh my God. Um, 
luckily my boyfriend was very supportive and we ended up having a lovely day seeing the house of seven gables and the memorial graveyard and yes the house from hocus pocus yeah it really is a beautiful town and i do recommend a visit um it feels very steeped in weird otherworldly energy and it can make you feel very unsettled even if you don't have a strange incident like we did so that's my spookiest personal story. I am from Nantucket, Massachusetts, and used to go to give used to give tours in the oldest house on the island. So I have definitely got some other tales, but this was, but this was the one time I was so genuinely afraid that not even a bit of it was funny or exciting. Now looking back, I can recognize it as a good story and can rationalize a lot of it, but it still freaks me out to even revisit. Wow. Anyway, there's a full thunderstorm going on as I am <gasps> right this. So oh. I am going to go turn on all my lights and watch reality TV to feel less spooked. Yes, Alexandra. <laughs> Thank you so much for this podcast. It's really helping with the whole quarantine thing. My roommates and I are stuck in NYC. Oh, and you guys offer lots of laughter and distraction. Hope you're both staying healthy and taking care of yourselves. Best, Alex. Alex. Thank you, Alex. That's so nice. Thank you so much for sending that in. What a great story. That is a very good Salem oh. story. Really well told, really good story. I also really relate to the idea that like she was a ghost tour at a old house or like yes. a tour in an old house, but was like, uh, I guess none of those are like the best. <laughs> right. Like I, people are like, do you have crazy stories from working in a hotel? And I'm like, not really. I can exaggerate ones that happened. Yeah. Or not exaggerate, but I can like make it a bigger deal. <laughs> I can focus on stuff that didn't really happen a lot. No, and this one has this one has like a really natural escalation. I like that it has a happy ending. Um, yeah. cool that you were able to go to the House of Seven Gables. There's another really good um what is curse that? Sorry, story what? from the from the Salem Witch Trials, which is really just amazing, which is Rebecca Nurse, who was like a very well respected old, old woman who got accused of witchcraft. Um her her family had the money and the education to defend her, and she was found innocent once. But the judges weren't uh, satisfied with that, and they knew she was deaf. And so (gasps) they asked her questions very quietly, and when she wouldn't know how to answer, they would all be like religious questions asked quietly. And when she wouldn't answer or when she'd be confused, they'd be like, she can't, like, say God's name. Like, she would be – so then she was found guilty, and then she was taken up to to the gallows to be hung. And she said to the judge, there's this, there's this amazing quote in that Storm of Witchcraft book where she says to the judge, she quotes um, a part of the Bible, uh, and she says, like, if he, they give her one more chance to confess that she's innocent, she's like, I'm innocent, and God knows I'm innocent. And if you, um, if you execute an innocent woman, then you'll have nothing but blood to drink. And it's like a quote from, I think, the book of Revelations, which is like the people who sentence innocent people to death everything they drink will be turned to blood. And Anna, an exact year later, that judge had a cerebral hemorrhage and choked to death on his own blood. Andrew, that's the best news I've heard all day. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I hate them. They did her so dirty. That's the definition of doing someone dirty. Yeah, oh Reckoners. She she's someone who actually did seem like she was probably a good person. Um, but yeah, it's a, her her story is so sad. Yeah, she and her that husband. That is so sad. But like also my self-centered thought with her is like that's badass. Like I would be like <laughs> they're like any last words, I'd be like, "Um, I guess like <laughs> just like reiterating what I said before, like I, I don't know. I feel like at this point if I say I'm not a witch, like that just sounds like I'm harping on like she she was prepared. Yeah, to full on say you'll have nothing but blood to drink. 
Um, and there's this other story that is so horrible, but it is also it just kind of makes me laugh at how horrible it is. Um, there was a reverend who was like, hey, this is pretty crazy. Like spectral evidence makes no sense. And then immediately everyone was like, um, he's a witch. So he got sentenced to death. And the whole thing was they were like, um, no witch can say the Lord's Prayer perfectly without any mistakes or stuttering. Or... And the moment before he was hung, he uh, led all of the people about to be hung with him in the Lord's Prayer. And they all said it perfectly. And then they were hung. And the people of Salem were like, oh, oh shit. Like th- this were this is wrong, and there was a lot of self doubt. And then all the judges were like, "Listen, the devil can do a lot of things, and he's constantly learning. He's constantly getting better at his job. You know, he was the one that made that happen. And it was just like a complete. It's just so wild to me to imagine a bunch of judges on horses as people are like, "Oh, we're the real monsters here." They're just being like, "No, no, no. What we said before is not real." Oh, my God. That sounds like capitalism. I can't say why. Yeah. No, it really. <laughs> boy, does it feel why. relevant, doesn't it? Oh, boy. Uh, man, Andrew, I'm so grateful for your knowledge about Salem. I'm sure that I'm I'm sure that I'm messing some details up. But I, I mean, yeah, I grew up I grew up in New Hampshire nearby. I feel like we would go on a field trip there like once every other year at least. Um, oh, but yeah, the, as I as I, I know I've mentioned before, the Witch Museum is really great. Because as sensationalistic as you could think a witch museum would be, it actually is like – it it completely owns the reality of the Salem Witch Trials. And then the walkthrough at the end is all about like misconceived notions about witches and witchcraft and Wicca Whoa, and the differences nice. between them all and like where those misunderstandings come from and why – like there's this whole section where they talk about various witch, witch hunts through American history and one of them is like the AIDS crisis and one of them is like uh, post-9-11 America. It's Jesus, super interesting. Yeah. That's so human and helpful. Yeah, it's funny to see um, – it's funny to see like Boston natives there, not all Boston natives, but some be like, yeah, but what about the real witches? <laughs> it's like, oh – Where's the yeah. brooms? Does the gift shop also sell like witch bobbleheads and oh, shit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's okay, the funny good. thing is like there's such an emphasis on like let's get to the bottom of this in the museums and then all the street signs are like Hagway. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of <laughs> I kind of like that they're not cuz I feel like if you are right about one thing, there's a pressure to not be wrong about anything else. And like, then I think people just decide to not be right about the one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. They're still like, look, we got to keep the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but I didn't know about the Giles Corey curse. That's awesome. It's cookie. Oh, Alex, thank you so much for this email. Thank you. Alex. Um, I do have one remaining question and that is for the part of the story. Always like phone and technology stuff makes me be like, wait, but is that a ghost? Like, is that explainable? Um, so there's two things about it um, that are ghosty that are phone. Um, and my boyfriend, Jason, famously worked at phone stores for a long time, and he may be able to answer. Ooh. So the first thing, I think the thing that I f- find the spookiest, or maybe not spookiest, but maybe could have an explanation, is a phone going from day mode to night mode back and forth, like strobing, like really fast. Yeah, 
I mean, that that can be explained depending on circumstance. Um, there are some phones, like the day, no, tonight mode, the default usually is that it switches at a certain either hour of the day or a certain lighting. Um, so there are some phones that'll, sw that'll switch based on lighting, and there's only one, like, lighting indicator on the phone, and so sometimes it'll get triggered by, like, your thumb being over it or coming out of your pocket or, like, lights around you changing, things like that. And so there could be a circumstance with an overly sensitive phone or like a weird case on the phone or something like that. that could oh, yeah. Like I've had my phone start typing kooky things and it was when my um, screen was a little bit broken and my phone case was pressing on it in a weird way. So then the screen was like oh, funny. pressing stuff. Oh, I hope. I, I mean, that being said, I don't I have not encountered a phone doing that before, but I wouldn't be shocked to see it has not encountered oh thank you jason and then the other thing was just the gps rerouting to the same spot oh yeah which i feel like could have been that the phone was just for some reason rerouting to the start point instead of the like it kept recalculating when they had a um destination mm. plugged in and it was recalculating to the place they were starting from yeah that's weird <gasps> Andrew, oh! it's weird. A straight wow. man said it was weird, so it's a so ghost. great to have an expert on the pod to then Thanks, terrify babe. us. Thank, Thank you, you babe. Jason. Jason's phone. Uh, an amazing thing about Jason is that when we watch reality TV together, which Alex, I absolutely relate to doing that to turn my brain off. I'm a big 90 Day Fiance fan. Um, <laughs> Uh, he can look at the phones and people on 90 Day Fiance constantly have their phones out because they're in like long distance relationships. Yeah. Um, and he can uh tell a lot about a person based on what kind of phone they have. Oh, that I bet like, I bet that's true. Not just the kind of phone, but like what kind of case, yeah, uh, what sort of like little um what? Apps. apps, what app like how they nest their apps on their home screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh funny oh i bet you're right he's yeah, amazing I, he should have a podcast where he just talks about the phones of 90 day <laughs> <laughs> so one last story before we go uh, this was to our Ooh. instagram account and this is from my cousin meredith who's a dear friend of the pod and Meredith is great because we both have a, a deep love of scary movies. When she was a little kid, her favorite movie was Jaws, which I believe it still is. And she would watch it again and again. And it would never scare her. Uh, and when I was in college and would go out to my Uncle John and Linda's all the time, we would watch scary movies together. And so she sent us this message after we did the best episode. Oh, good. So I listened to the best episode and you guys talking about fortune tellers spooked me because I have two spooky fortune teller stories. First, my mom went to see a fortune teller when I was a kid. She told her two things that definitely came true. One, she said her son, Bill, would be shorter than he thought he would be and it would bother him. <laughs> now, most men wouldn't be upset about being six feet tall, but when your dad is six foot six inches and everyone expects you to also be a giant, it bothered him. Just true. My uncle John is the tallest person I know, and Billy is also very tall. But in comparison, yeah, I can see how that would be an issue. Yes. Uh, two, she told her that her daughter would one day work in the same business as her father. Now, my mom interpreted that as meaning I would be a lawyer like my dad, which didn't happen. But the first serious job I got out of college, working for the company my dad worked for. I'm still there. He's left, but definitely the same business as my dad. Uh, second story is direct to me. This makes me laugh. 
went to a fortune teller party, kind of like a Tupperware party, but where <laughs> fortunes are told. <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, they tell each other the fortunes? God. Okay. I asked about any future children I might have, pre-marriage, post-engagement. He told me two, with a chance of a third that he couldn't quite see. The creepy part was he grabbed my hand after he said that and said, Oh, honey, just remember when you have a miscarriage, it's not your fault. I had two pregnancies, two kids, the first being a miscarriage. We made an attempt for IVF. It was unsuccessful. Then maybe a third. It isn't clear. So totally creepy in hindsight. Just thought these could be useful in case you end up doing a fortune teller focused episode. I'm a believer. And then they did have a daughter, Kayla, who is wonderful. Wow. That's the the third mystery one. A male fortune teller who is destigmatizing miscarriage. It's the hero I didn't know I would root for. (laughs) Where's his show? Wait, that's like weirdly. That's what we were kind of talking about with like tarot being like a way of just finding encouraging um, messages and like that it can all be positive and sort of like the self analysis um, angle of it. That like that's nice. That's a nice thing. I mean, it's sort of a a spooky thing to say to someone you're gonna have a miscarriage, (laughs) but I feel like that's it is so common and like I don't know. Right, and it definitely is something that stuck with her. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, no, it's I, I so appreciate you listening, Mary. And oh, uh, Mary. yeah, these and were such good stories. The male height thing is so funny. I know, I know. It is. It's funny too because I, I have spent my whole life thinking I'm a short person. I'm five eleven, but it's just because all the men in my family are so much taller than I am. Five eleven um, is a New York six five. I, but I, but I I got tall very young, so I really yeah. looked like I was like as part of some like re-socialization program for you know people who've been let out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's why I, whenever I did get in trouble as a kid, it would be like, as one of the older kids, you should know better. And I'd be like, I'm six years old. I don't know what you want. Oh from my me. god! Yes. Ugh. It's weird that there's a part of human beings' lives where they're old enough to remember stuff, but young enough to not know how tall they're going to be. <laughs> like, I remember being like, I wonder how big I'll get. Probably tall, I think. What, how do your bones, do your bones hurt? Because I could get tall because my legs hurt at night. I also think movies led me to believe that it was entirely possible that when I grew up, I would look like a fully different person. Like, like virtually unrecognizable to what I was like as a kid. You know? Interesting, because um, that happens Hailed. so often where it's like the grown-up version of someone is just not who they would be at all. Um, yeah. Have you, you seen the picture could... of that big, the big baby? I haven't. In the was it just, in our... it's it's kind of gone viral on Twitter. There's just like a giant see. baby, and people are really mad about him, like angry about him, which I don't get. I'm like, it's a toddler. I'm just but... googling giant. Oh, no, 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 no. I literally, Andrew, can I show you the thing? Yeah, please. That showed up. The two things that showed up. Oh, please. Oh, my. What? What? (laughs) No. One is a chocolate penis. What does it say? Chocolate dick monogamous? Chocolate dick. (laughs) It's an eBay thing. I've ruined my search results forever. (laughs) Uh it's an eBay thing for a $60 chocolate dick anonymously send pranks with organic brown chocolate. Anonymous. Which is just rude. Don't, it's like, that's not any funnier than any other kind of dick. Fuck off. And it's, then. It's, it's like a big baby on a, um, it's like a, bouncing on his dad. 
that's that's the real one that's the real one not the other image sorry oh yeah the oh yes 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 no this the the other thing i'm looking at is this oh no that's a kind of stephen gamely is that a stuffed animal it is like a real doll like a real baby doll which is a thing um i think mormons invented that they're like real dolls that look like babies anyway it's like a real doll that looks like a a baby that is wearing a tutu but it's also half bunny Anyway, uh, remember Baby Born? Remember that commercial? Yes, Baby Born, Baby, baby Born. born. <laughs> Ew, I don't like this baby. Yeah. I don't like this baby. Yeah, people like are mad about baby. it. People are mad about it. Ew. No, and someone, cute. someone tweeted. Oh God, I wish I could remember who. Someone tweeted. Listen, that is not a big baby. That is a toddler that is being styled like a baby, <laughs> which is what? probably true. Wait, I think I just found Insider.com. Um, mom says he's actually a healthy three-year-old. Yeah. Um, he just looks like a baby cause he doesn't have any hair. I do have to say that his name is Gavin and this is like a classic Gavin behavior. Yeah. Someone Let's said that he looked like an ex-husband, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> like not their ex-husband. Like he looked like an ex-husband. An ex-husband. Yeah. Like he looks yeah. like someone who is like successfully co-parenting while still <laughs> contributing minor disappointments. Um, that is unreal oh but uh, speaking of big baby i'm so sorry that's right <laughs> we were guilt we were gifted today um our crown prince ansel elgort yes oh my god nude dick photo on instagram for charity <laughs> i can't get over it i'm uh, it was taken down i don't know what are your feelings about it anna I didn't learn enough of it. I love that it was, he said only fans link in bio. Um, and then it was a link to a GoFundMe for raising meals to deliver uh, or raising money to deliver meals at Brooklyn hospitals. That's wild. Yeah. Billy <sighs> Domino tweeted, which I think is really good that Ansel Elgort has a face for celebrity poker tournaments. Which I think is really true. As I disagree. He looks like he belongs in an outdoor shower. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I can recognize this as being a very good picture. I'm glad that he's putting it to good use. Um, not my, not my like vibe for what I'm looking for in like a thirsty Instagram pic, but clearly people are popping off. I think it's great. I people think like it. people are getting sluttier during the shutdown. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> I also love that it's like I, I just feel like it he should do what like Will Smith and other celebrities are doing where they hire comedians to write their um online presence. Like yeah. there's just a lot missing, like they're hungry, but are they thirsty? Like, you know, it just yeah. what I'm saying is hire me. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Anna. Someone someone did tweet at us like, hey, we need to know your thoughts about the the mayor of your podcast's nude pics. It's he is the mayor. Oh my God. We think <laughs> Remember when I, I thought you were saying Al Gore instead of Elgort? And then we had the most yes. confusing three minutes of our lives. Where we were both being polite and doing each other's bits while being like, they're insane. <laughs> oh my God. Good job. Oh boy. Okay. Well, well this you is know a what? fun one. It's, I, I'm going to say that Ansel Elgort and Giles Corey would have been friends. Yeah. No curses would happen. No violent curse would happen against Ansel Elgort. No, they'd be into it. Um, what thank a hard you. name to say. It's anyway, hard, it's too many. All the letters are right next to each other on the back of your tongue, <laughs> um, which I think is what OnlyFans is about. Um, 
leave me alone. I, you know what? Again, it's dinner time. We're hungry. The jokes don't make sense. We, we both um, have to have our cowboy dinners. We do. We're going to go eat our tinfoil. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much to Alexandra, Alex, for sending in that story. Spooky dookie. Yes. And thank you, Meredith, for sending in your stories, too. We so appreciate it. Thank you, Meredith. Um, We're going to say a neutral, not thank you to the big baby. We're just going to acknowledge the presence of the big baby. Yes. Hold space. We're going to say thank you for your service to Ansel Elgort um, (laughs) and a boo hiss to his hand. I don't know. Are we supposed to be mad at the hand? People didn't like that his hand was covering his business, but uh, I don't know. It got blurred. Let's let's have a little bit of mystique. Let's introduce some mystique into our thirst pictures. This is male burlesque is just naked outside with hand over dick. That's like the same <laughs> thing as like <laughs> a woman who's made her own costume and is taking off a glove for an hour and a half. It's I feel like if Ansel dick. Elgort did a burlesque, it would be to a Creed song. <laughs> with arms no, wide open. Andrew, now you made me guess. miss burlesque happening. We're in a <laughs> real place. Uh, thank you guys so much. Remember, you can send us your scary stories at scarystorypod at gmail.com. We'd love it. And follow us on fi- Instagram. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Don't follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twister and Dinner. Uh, <laughs> scary story underscore pod underscore food. Oh. What is happening? Leave us alone. If you sent us a story on Instagram, I'm just going to say resend it to our email. Yes. We'd love it. If, at if we haven't gotten to it. Yeah, yeah. If you, if we haven't gotten back to you, feel free to poke and prod. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope you have a great rest of your night and you have a delicious dinner. Andrew, I hope you have a great rest of your night and a delicious dinner. <laughs> and everybody and else get out forever. Dog. This has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.